Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 186. We are today going to finish off the book of Isaiah. And as we do, we'll discover that the prophet Isaiah ends this book with a description of God's restoring of all things and even in the next chapter, 65, uh, a new heavens and a new earth is described in ways that sound very similar to the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. And so as we read through Isaiah and then through 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 23 to 2, we'll hear and see many ways in which God describes a new heavens and a new earth and the new life that is found in Christ. So Isaiah 64 If only you would tear apart the sky and come down, the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire ignites dry wood or or fire makes water boil, let your adversaries know who you are, and may the nations shake at your presence. When you performed awesome deeds that that took us by surprise, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times no one has heard or perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who intervenes for those who wait for him. You assist those who delight in doing what is right, who observe your commandments. Look, you are angry because we violated them continually. How then can we be saved? We are all like one who is unclean. All our so-called righteous acts are like a menstrual rag in your sight. We all wither like a leaf. Our sins carry us away like the wind. No one invokes your name or makes any effort to take hold of you. For you have rejected us and handed us over to our own sins. Yet, Lord... You are our father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the product of your labor. Lord, do not be too angry. Do not hold our sins against us continually. Take a good look at your people, at all of us. Your chosen cities have become a wilderness. Zion has become a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolate ruin. Our holy temple, our pride and joy, the place where our ancestors praised you, has been burned with fire. All our prized possessions have been destroyed. In light of all this, How can you still hold back, Lord? How can you be silent and continue to humiliate us? I made myself available to those who did not ask for me. I appeared to those who did not look for me. I said, Here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not invoke my name. I spread out my hands all day long to my rebellious people who lived in a way that is morally unacceptable and who did what they desired. These people continually and blatantly offend me. As they sacrifice in their sacred orchards and burn incense on brick altars, they sit among the tombs and keep watch all day long, all night long. They eat pork and broth from unclean sacrificial meat is in their pans. They say, "Keep to yourself, don't get near me, for I am holier than you." These people are like smoke in my nostrils. They are like fire that keeps burning all day long. Look, I have decreed: I will not keep silent, but I will pay them back. I will pay them back exactly what they deserve. For your sins and your ancestors' sins, says the Lord. Because they burned incense on the mountains and offended me on the hills, I will punish them in full measure. This is what the Lord says. 
When juice is discovered in a cluster of grapes, someone says, Don't destroy it, for it contains juice. So I will do for the sake of my servants. I will not destroy everyone. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah people to take possessions of my mountains. My chosen ones will take possession of the land. My servants will live there. Sharon will become a pasture for sheep and the valley of Achor a place for cattle to graze. There they will belong to my people who seek me. But as for you who abandon the Lord and forget about worshiping at my holy mountain, who prepare a feast for the God called Fortune and fill up wine jugs for the God called Destiny, I predestine you to die by the sword. All of you will kneel down at the slaughtering block because I called to you and you did not respond. I spoke and you did not listen. You did evil before me and chose to do what displeases me. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, my servants will eat, but you will be hungry. Look, my servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. Look, my servants will rejoice, but you will be humiliated. Look, my servants will shout for joy as happiness fills their hearts but you will cry out as sorrow fills your hearts. You will wail because your spirits will be crushed. Your names will live on in the curse formulas of my chosen ones. The sovereign Lord will kill you, but he will give his servants another name. Whoever pronounces a blessing in the earth will do so in the name of the faithful God. Whoever makes an oath on the earth will do so in the name of our faithful God. For past problems will be forgotten. I will no longer think about them. For look, I am ready to create new heavens and a new earth. The former ones will not be remembered. No one will think about them anymore. But be happy and rejoice forever over what what I am about to create. For look, I am ready to create Jerusalem to be a source of joy and her people to be a source of happiness. Jerusalem will bring me joy and my people will bring me happiness. The sound of weeping or cries of sorrow will never be heard in her again. Never again will one of her infants live just a few days, or an old man die before his time. Indeed, no one will die before the age of 100. Anyone who fails to reach the age of 100 will be considered cursed. They will build houses and live in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build a house only to have another live in it, or plant a vineyard only to have another eat its fruit. For my people will live as long as trees, and my chosen ones will endure to to the fullest what they have produced. They will not work in vain or give birth to children that will experience disaster, for the Lord will bless their children and their descendants. Before they even call out, I will respond. While they are still speaking, I will hear. A wolf and a lamb will graze together. A lion like an ox will eat straw, and a snake's food will be dirt. They will no longer injure or destroy on my entire royal mountain, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says, The heavens are my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where then is the house you will build for me? Where is the place where I will find rest? Where I will rest? My hand made them. That is how they came to be, says the Lord. I show special favor to the humble and contrite who respect what I have to say. The one who slaughters a bull also strikes down a man. The one who sacrifices a lamb also breaks a dog's neck. The one who presents an offering includes pig's blood with it. The one who offers incense also praises an idol. They have decided to behave this way. They enjoy these disgusting practices. So I will choose severe punishment for them. I will bring on them what they dread, because I called and no one responded. I spoke and they did not listen. They did evil before me. They chose to do what displeases me. Listen to the Lord's message, you who respect his word. Your countrymen who hate you and exclude you supposedly for the sake of my name say, May the Lord be glorified. Then we will witness your joy. 
but they will be put to shame. The sound of battle comes from the city. The sound comes from the temple. It is the sound of the Lord paying back his enemies. Before she goes into labor, she gives birth. Before her, contra- her contractions begin, she delivers a boy. Who has ever heard of such a thing? Who has ever seen this? Can a country be brought forth in one day? Can a nation be born in a single moment? Yet as soon as Zion goes into labor, she gives birth to sons. Do I bring a baby to the birth birth opening and then not deliver it? Asks the Lord. Or do I bring a baby to the point of delivery and then hold it back? Asks your God. Be happy for Jerusalem and rejoice with her, all you who love her. Share in her great joy, all you who have mourned over her. For you will nurse from her satisfying breasts and be nourished. You will feed with joy from her milk-filled breasts. This is what the Lord says. Look, I am ready to extend to her prosperity that will flow like a river. The riches of nations will flow into her like a stream that floods its banks. You will nurse from her breast and be carried at her side. You will play on her knees. As a mother consoles a child, so I will console you. And you will be consoled over Jerusalem. When you see this, you will be happy. And when and you will be revived. The Lord will reveal his power to his servants and his anger to his enemies. For look, the Lord comes with fire. His chariots come like a windstorm to reveal his raging anger, his battle cry and his flaming arrows. For the Lord judges all humanity with fire and his sword. The Lord will kill many. As for those who consecrate and ritually purify themselves so they can follow their leader and worship in the sacred orchards, those who lead, who eat the flesh of pigs and other disgusting creatures like mice, they will all be destroyed together, says the Lord. I hate their deeds and thoughts. So I am coming to gather all the nations and ethnic groups. They will come and witness my splendor. I will perform a mighty act among them and then send some of those who remain to the nations to Tarshish, Pul, Pul, Lud, known for its archers, Tubal, Javan, and to the distant crosslands that have not heard about me or seen my splendor. They will tell the nations of my splendor. They will bring back all your countrymen from all the nations as an offering to the Lord. They will bring them on horses and chariots and wagons on mules and on camels to my holy hill, Jerusalem, says the Lord. Just as the Israelites bring offerings to the Lord's temple in ritually pure containers. And I will choose some of them as priests and Levites, says the Lord. For just as the new heavens and the new earth I am about to make will remain standing before me, says the Lord, so your descendants and your name will remain. From one month to the next, and from one Sabbath to the next, all people will come to worship me, says the Lord. They will go out and observe the corpses of those who rebelled against me, for the maggots that eat them will not die, and the fire that consumes them will not die out. All people will find the sight abhorrent. Jeremiah ends there with that note of terror and judgment. But in the midst of that, we also see God's clear call to the nations and to the people of Israel to come to him and to be part of his family, part of his new country, his new nation, a new heavens and a new earth that he will create. And that his call goes out and he calls to people to respond and repent and to turn to him in faith. And it's only those who refuse and who refuse to listen to that call who will experience that judgment. A judgment that God is bringing because he is a just God, but also peace and security because he is gracious and loving. And now we turn to uh, 2 Corinthians, beginning at chapter 1, verse 23 where the Apostle Paul begins to continue um, his, his letter here. 
And he uh, also then ends with a, an appeal for them to look to Christ, the one who brings victory, who ultimately brings the new heavens and the new earth. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Now I appeal to God as my witness that to spare you I did not come again to Corinth. I do not mean that we rule over your, fa- your faith, but we are workers with you for your joy because by faith you stand firm. So I made up my own mind not to pay you another painful visit. For if I make you sad, who would be left to make, you, make me glad but the one I caused to be sad? And I wrote this very thing to you so that when I came I would not have sadness from those who ought to be making me rejoice, since I am confident in you that all my joy would be yours. For out of great distress and anguish of heart I wrote to you with many tears, not to make you sad, but to let you know the love that I have especially for you. But if anyone has caused sadness... He has not saddened me alone, but to some extent, not to exaggerate, he has saddened all of you as well. This punishment on such an individual by the majority is enough for him, so that now instead you should rather forgive and comfort him. This will keep him from being overwhelmed by excessive grief to the point of despair. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. For this reason, I also wrote to you, saying, to test, wrote to you to test to see if you are obedient in everything. If you forgive anyone for anything, I also forgive him. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did so for you in the presence of Christ, so that we may not be exploited by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Now, when I arrived in trust to proclaim the gospel of Christ, even though the Lord had opened a door of opportunity for me, I had no relief in my spirit because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and set out for Macedonia." But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and who makes known through us the fragrance that consists of the knowledge of Him in every place. For we are a sweet aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter, an odor from death to death, but to the former, a fragrance from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like so many others, hucksters who peddle the word of God for profit, but we are speaking in Christ before God as persons of sincerity, as persons sent from God. And we'll leave Paul's letter there, begin the next section in our next episode. But for this one, we're reminded too that Paul here is telling the people of Corinth to forgive the person that he had called them to uh, discipline in the first letter he had sent them. And he calls them to show mercy to him because he's come in repentance and asked for forgiveness. And then he also reminds us that the reason we can do any of these things, the reason that we have any kind of hope, the reason that we can know and be sure that God is a forgiving God is because of Jesus, who leads us in triumphal procession, that Jesus has won a victory we could not have won. And we want to share this good news because that good news is life to those who believe. But it's also, as warned also in the book of Isaiah, death to those who refuse it. And so may we share this good news with others. May we be reminded of this good news in our own lives and experience the aroma of life that is found in Christ alone. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. 
You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.